0: Welcome to Whoopal's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports.
1: Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whoopal.
0: The Green Bay Packers have faced adversity all season. They will face some more on Thursday night. That's when the Packers played in the unbeaten Arizona Cardinals in what could be a preview to the NFC playoffs. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Rob scintillating (laughs) Packers podcast. How are you doing?
1: Key word is always scintillating. I am doing extremely well. How are you, my friend?
0: I am good. I uh, had had a uh, challenging weekend in the Twin Cities, but uh, I I think I'm fully recovered now. So (laughs) There was a rumor that uh, Mick Jagger was... In town, so uh, I just wanted to confirm it. So,
1: yeah, well, well, well played on your end. I, I assume you can give us confirmation, right? That that Mick was there and he sounded as good as ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. Uh, 78, Rob. Can you believe it?
1: That's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I saw Paul McCartney a couple years back, uh, Gary, at uh, the Cole Center in Madison, and he was about that age too. And he went like three hours. I mean, it was unbelievable that these guys. Have that kind of stamina as they're pushing eighty. I I mean I, I need a nap most days at noon, Gary. So
0: I I don't know, Rob. He had two big jugs, right? And uh, he was uh, consuming on a regular basis. So I'm not sure what was in there, <laughs> but but it was definitely working. <laughs> so well, Gary, anyway. Gary,
1: I'll tell you a funny story really quick about seven or eight years ago when the Bradley Center was still around. Uh, Pearl Jam came in on must've been a Monday or a Tuesday night. Cause the Packers had the off day and, a, and a ton of the Packers were there and Eddie Vetter called Rogers up on stage. Mm. And a day or two later, I talked to Rogers in the locker room, Eddie Vetter was the lead singer, obviously a Pearl jam was, was drinking heavily through the course of that. And uh, I said to Rogers, you know, what, what was that like on stage? And, and he said to me, he goes, he goes, you cannot believe how much Eddie was drinking during the course of that 15 (laughs) minutes or whatever Rogers was on stage. So the fact Gary, you know, that these guys can perform at an A plus level and and still throw back, you know, beer after beer or jug after jug of wine or whatever it is, they're doing is, is just remarkable. Isn't it? So. Oh, um,
0: it really is. that, that,
1: That was a fun concert too. Matt Flynn was still a Packer and the crowd wound up body passing him around for a while. So, I mean, that, that, that was a fun one.
0: Wow. I'll say this for Mick he can uh, perform on the stage and off the stage. You know at age 78 he has a 4 year old child.
1: <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Good for him. Yeah, I guess they're... as long as someone else is changing the diapers, right Gary
0: good for yeah, Mick. Yeah, I can't imagine him doing that. But uh, no, no. Anyways, all right, let's get down to business here. You know Brass-tab. Rob, let's start out by uh, talking about some of the big news that uh, transpired uh, earlier this week uh, regarding the Packers and how it might impact them against the Cardinals on Thursday. Uh, That was the announcement that the Packers will probably most likely be without uh, star wide receiver Devontae Adams and defense coordinator Joe Barry. uh, Both tested positive for COVID uh needless to say those are two big blows for the packers who will be playing arguably the uh, best team in the, in the NFL on their home home field so not not good news out of uh, green bay
1: no i mean gary when when the news broke monday morning on, on joe berry the, the the defensive coordinator the line in vegas didn't move a notch it was four and a half it stayed four and a half Later Monday afternoon, when, when word broke on Devontae Adams, that line went from four and a half to six. Um, wow. So that, that tells you immediately what Vegas thinks of, you know, the various losses. And, and I always say follow Vegas, right? Follow the money. They, they seem to have a pulse on things in terms of how, how they're going to transpire better than the rest of the world. I mean, Ad, Adams will be a huge blow, Gary, if they are without him. And in all likelihood, they will be without him. In in that Arizona game, you know he's I, I think Gary he's second in the league in catches at fifty two. He's third in receiving yards, pushing seven fifty. You know this this is arguably the best receiver in football, Gary. And mm-hmm. and we've talked about it on the show before. They just don't have a lot after him right now. And I know they got some pretty solid production on on the, on Sunday in the Washington game out of Alan Lazard and, and out of tight end, Robert Tunyon. Um, but Gary, they don't, they, the bottom line is those, you know, those guys aren't number one wide receivers. There's an outside chance, I guess MVS could come back for this game from that soft tissue hamstring type of deal. But I mean, Gary, this is, you, you know, you, you know, the rule out of Vegas, Gary, most, of, most of the time, the only players in the league that can move the line, dramatically our star quarterbacks and then every now and then a Derrick Henry an Adrian Peterson in his prime right a Christian McCaffrey I mean the fact Devontae Adams just moved the line a couple of points is is pretty darn telling in in terms of how people feel about him so Gary obviously that's going to be an enormous one Um, you know an enormous loss hurdle to potentially overcome Joe Barry you know the defensive coordinator there I, I think they'll be just fine uh, Jerry Gray. I'll probably call the plays. He's run defenses before uh, in Minnesota and in in Buffalo as well. So he, he's certainly an experienced guy. He's been a defensive coordinator in the past. I think they'll be just fine. And and they've got they've got a pretty good staff on that side of the ball, Gary. That guys can step up and do a little bit more through the course of the week and preparing and trying to get them ready. But the bottom line remains this: this, you know, I I thought this was a, an incredible challenge. Uh, even even with a full healthy roster for Green Bay. Uh, four days between games, an 1,800-mile trip out to Arizona. I mean, Gary, they won't even hit the practice field until Wednesday. Matt LaFleur told us today it's going to be a couple of soft walkthroughs. Um, they've got to get their bodies right between now and Thursday. So again, even, even with a healthy, fully stacked roster, th- this was an incredible challenge against an outstanding Arizona team. Now you take away probably their second best football player and the defensive coordinator. And that job just got a heck of a lot harder. So I green Bay's facing quite an uphill battle come Thursday night, Gary.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what, Rob, I I'm shocked by that point spread and how it moved a point and a half. I mean, you would almost think that Devonte Adams was Jerry Rice. I mean, that, that, that's a huge spread for a wide receiver. But uh, it also speaks volumes of what Vegas thinks of the rest of the Packer receiving core. And this, this could be a blessing in disguise from my perspective, because you and I talked about this in the past. They, they got to decide whether to go out and get a legitimate number two receiver. And if these guys don't pan out, I mean, if the Packers really lay an egg here, I think it's going to kind of put pressure on Gutekunst to uh, go out and get a wide receiver uh, before the November 2nd trading deadline.
1: Well, that pressure should have been there in the first place. I, I think, true, Gary. true. you know, but yeah, you're right. That'll only be amped up if they go out to Arizona and, you know, let's say lose 35, 13 or, or something like that. I mean, Matt LaFleur has only lost seven football games yeah as as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers Gary in the regular season but if you go and trace some of them they've, they they've been bad you know he's he's had a handful of real clunkers where where they get absolutely blown out last year in Tampa 2019 they got routed in San Francisco they lost badly to the Chargers in 2019 in 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 that road game i mean when when they have lost for the most part under LaFleur um, you know, a handful of those games, Gary, have, have been blowouts. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen yeah. on Thursday night, but let, let's just say it does. And, and again, I think Gutekunst needs to go at a wide receiver regardless if they win or lose this game come Thursday night. But if, but if they don't look good, if they're sloppy, I mean, if it becomes apparent that, you know, obviously without Adams, they, they simply can't move the ball through the air. Um, I mean, it, it again, the heat only intensifies on Gutekunst. The one thing I think Green Bay should feel okay about and have some confidence in, Gary, is, you know, Adam seems to get dinged every year. And, and he always misses two, three, four games. Yeah. It's, it's a rarity. I think there's only one of his, he came in in, what, 14, Gary? So this is year eight. I think only one of his first seven years, he played all 16 games. Um, and these last couple of years, when he's a bonafide uh, number one, when he's arguably the best receiver in the league, Gary, and he's missed some time, Rodgers has been forced to spread the ball around. And and some of these other guys have really stepped up. You remember Lazard last year uh, in New Orleans on that Sunday night game had a, had a really big game. Um, If you go back to 2019, Gary, uh, Adams got hurt in that Eagles game. I think it was week four or five and he missed three or four games after that. And Green Bay averaged 35 points a game without him, Gary, because Rodgers was forced to spread the ball around almost like back in the day, when Favre lost Sterling Sharp, and then he had right. to start throwing it around to you know Robert Brooks and 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 the tight ends and 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 Antonio Morgan and just just a number of those guys uh, Corey Bradford you know guys like that Gary that Favre finally had to uh, start you know using people other than Freeman or um, I'm sorry Sharp and you know it, it's kind of the same thing here with with Rodgers the only question is you know can Lazard go and beat a number one or a number two corner right now um you know can can Cobb beat a a really good player because everybody now is going to see a higher level of player the number one corner typically is going to travel with Devontae and get some safety help now can these other guys step up and do it I don't know Gary I wouldn't have a ton of confidence but they do have some history here of of playing okay and playing pretty well actually when when uh, Adams has gone down so so we'll see how that all plays out Thursday
0: you know, Rob, uh, every podcast, I uh, throw a question at you. I, I try to stump you more often. I don't get stumped. <laughs> but uh, this week's uh, uh, question involves Devonte Adams, okay? And, and you alluded, alluded to this earlier. Uh, you know, Adams is second in receptions, third in yards. And my question is, where do you think he ranks in the NFL in yards per catch? I bet it's
1: not great, Gary. What is he, about 13 yards a catch? 14.3,
0: which which isn't bad, okay? Well, oh,
1: that, that, that's actually better, I think, than his career average by a yard or two. You okay. know, that's not terrible, Gary, 14-something. Uh, what, what's the minimum amount of catches?
0: That is a good question. Uh, this is fresh off the uh, NFL presses. Okay. So whatever they, uh, they, they go by, those are the statistical. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I'm getting too detailed because, but, but the thing that makes that tricky is, you know, somebody could have one catch for 70 yards. Or yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. There's there um, definitely ai I'm going
1: to, I'm going to guess Gary 40th. No,
0: not, it, it, not that bad, fortunately for Adams, okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what I was shocked when I did see the answer because I figured if, you, if you're, if you you know, among the leaders in, in receptions and yards, total yards, you'd be at least top 15. He ranks 29th. Okay. And it kind of reminds me of Stefan Diggs. Remember when he uh, won the receiving title a couple of years ago? Yeah. <laughs> and I think his reception uh, per catch was something like 10 or something, you know? I mean, right, it was, right it was ridiculous but I, that that kind of surprised me
1: Gary uh, if you think about it he you know he is he's never had blazing speed his route running is off the charts I mean it's as good as anybody that I've ever seen in Green Bay I always thought Antonio Freeman in his prime was maybe the best route runner they they had and and Adams blows him away Gary but you know it for the most part, I mean, I bet if they put a watch on him right now, he's a four, six guy. I mean, he is a, possession yeah. guy. Um, you know, he's never been a blazer. So, I mean, he, he, he just wins at the line of scrimmage. He, he wins with unbelievable footwork. Um, he wins with his route running, but after the catch Gary, it, it's not like he's some dynamic Jamar chase, wonder, you know, just wonder kid right yeah. now. He's, you know, he's 30 years old almost. And um, so, I mean, that, that, that number does make sense. And, and I know that number isn't great, but, but I'll tell you what, the player itself is, is unbelievable. You, you know, you, you touched on the line moving before. I mean, that, that tells you, I think right there, Gary, that if this guy can keep it up for another three, four years, he's probably going to the hall of fame. Um, when they look at the hall of fame someday, Gary, you know, that they, they say, were you a dominant player at your position, you know, for a four to seven year window, And, and Adams is in the middle of that right now, Gary. Um, I mean, he really is. He's, he's at the pinnacle of, of, of his career, the peak Mm -hmm. of his powers. Um, He's as good as anybody right now in the league. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying out of all the receivers in the league, if I'm building a roster, I take him first because he is a little bit older, but he is in the middle of this stretch of dominating. And um, if he can keep it up, Gary, let's say through 2024, I think this guy's got a real chance to be a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there. You know, we were talking about how suspect the uh, Packers receiving core is. You know, you go beyond Adams, and you basically get a bunch of mediocrity. Uh, Across the field from them on Thursday night is a team that has, if not the best receiving core in the NFL. It's right up there, and that's the Cardinals. Uh, interestingly enough, you you've always thought that Devonte Adams was the best receiver in football, and I always thought uh, DeAndre Hopkins was, and uh, they'll both be well. Hopkins will be on the field uh, Thursday night, but we'll see uh, Hopkins. And then you look at Christian Kirk, and Rondale Moore, and AJ uh, AJ Green, and then they picked up Zach Ertz and uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I just wonder, if, you know, if he sees all those receivers, you know, what he, what, what is going through his mind? You know, it's got to be, uh, you know, looming back there somewhere in his brain. Like, man, I would love to have a receiving core like that.
1: Gary, Gary he got his guy. I mean, he got Randall Cobb to tell <laughs>
0: I couldn't even suppress a laugh there.
1: <laughs> that, that's what he wanted. I mean, I, I think if he gave him the keys to the general manager office, his first move now would be getting Jake kumro So I, <laughs> I'm not, I, 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 I'm not sure Rogers is all that impressed with Hopkins, Kirk, Green, and Moore, for example, Gary. You know, he, he's, he's, he's pretty happy with Cobb and maybe a kumro So obviously a kid, but but it's you know it's Rogers certainly should never be put in charge of a you know of a a wide receiver room if he's if he's the gm put together that group there's no doubt though gary i mean arizona's weapons are are ridiculous right there i i I tend to think dallas might be a little little more explosive minnesota is right in that mix aren't they tampa and antonio brown is right Uh, the rams are ridiculous among their wide receiver group i mean gary green bay is a bottom 10 unit in football yeah
0: yeah without a doubt There's
1: no question about that. It is pretty damn hard to go to a Super Bowl when, you know, you just don't have the firepower at at that particular position. And you're right. I mean, Hopkins is certainly in the discussion for best receiver in football. Um, I think his numbers are down a little bit this year compared to when he got in there last year and was tearing it up. But I, I think as much as anything, that's because they've given him, so much help now. Uh, you know, Rondell Moore, the rookie out of Purdue, is, is going to turn into one heck of a football player. He's already darn good. And, he, you know, he, he's got a hell of a career coming, Gary. Kirk can really run. He's an outstanding player. AJ Green is old, but he's still got a little bit left. I mean, Gary, I, I looked it up today. I think he's got like 25 catches already or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's having a nice season.
1: I would have never thought AJ Green could, you know, so let's say he's on pace for 55 to 60. I would have never thought you'd see that again out of AJ Green. And, and I think you touched on it too. Last week, they went out and traded for, for Zach Ertz, the tight end from Philly. And I think he had a touchdown in, in his first game on Sunday, Gary. So, um, no, that, that unit top to bottom is is ridiculous. They have a couple of running backs that are okay. You know, Edmonds is probably the better of the two. James Conner, who came from Pittsburgh, got a little bit of life left in him. So they can run the ball too, Gary. I mean, no, it's a it's an elite, elite offense. And we haven't even mentioned the quarterback who could run for 9 million yards potentially on Thursday night, Gary. You know, in, in Kyler Murray, I mean, he's he, he could have just an absolutely ridiculous night with Green Bay missing. In all likelihood, it's top two cornerbacks and top two outside linebackers. I, I guess I'd be surprised if Preston Smith makes it back, Gary, if he couldn't play Sunday. You uh, obviously won't see Jair, you won't see, the, see the Darius. No, Kyler. You know everything starts and ends, though, Gary, with, with Kyler Murray, the quarterback, who we, you know, we, we touched on all those weapons. Well, he makes everything go. His arm is is obviously terrific. A 117 passer rating. He can run like Lamar Jackson. Um, he's running a little bit less this year, but but he still can run it. I think he's at about 125 yards, Gary. You know, in past years he's been he's been much higher than that. They want to keep him. They want to keep him clean and healthy. He got beat up last year, um, and, and obviously the number one thing for, for Arizona is to keep him healthy, and, and they've done that. But, but, I mean, Gary, we're talking about a guy there, and Murray, you know, he's got to have 4-4 four, four speed. He, he's such a remarkable athlete. You, you saw Heineke from Washington, Gary, run wild on the Packers' defense on Sunday. Boy, oh, boy, what do you think Kyler Murray's going to do when some of those mm-hmm. lanes open up if, if he really wants to? It, it, it's an enormous task for Green Bay. They'll in all likelihood be without their top two corners and their top two outside linebackers. I mean, Gary, if they can keep this team under 30, I would say that's a win.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree with that as well. You know, I heard today uh, that the Cardinals are trying to persuade Murray not to run so much. He, he's taken some brutal hits in the last couple of weeks. And uh, as you well know, and he's a small guy and as talented as he is, I, I just wonder whether his body's going to hold up. I mean, he had this same trouble last year coming down the stretch where he was, you know, pretty beat up. And what I was told is that they're saying, Hey, just throw the ball, you know, or, or go down, but, but don't run, you know? <laughs> and uh, to me, it makes all the sense in the world. Yet you're taking away one of the key elements of his game. That's what makes him so special. So I I am very curious to see uh, how he plays, you know, against the Packers, if he's, you know, that reckless.
1: You know, Gary, through history, you, you look at these run first quarterbacks that now, now I think Murray's a little bit different than, than a Lamar Jackson, for example, or a Michael Vick, because I would classify those guys maybe as their legs were their greatest attribute more so than, than their arm based on a lack of accuracy. Murray can do it all Gary and I mean it makes sense for Arizona to tell him give up a play give up 10 plays I mean yeah he's run 43 times this year Gary which is six times a game they're seven and oh um you know cut that number in half give up 20 plays along the way if that means you're going to be around at the end of December you're going to be around in January um you know give up that nine yard run or, or whatever it is it it makes total sense I mean they Atlanta tried for years to get that element out of Michael Vick's game Mm -hmm. um, and try to keep him in the pocket more. I mean, Gary, think about it, but even back 25 or 30 years, when did Steve Young go from becoming, you know, a really good quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback? It's when he stopped running around so much. He ran around forever, you know, at the start of his career you know, in Tampa and then later on in San Francisco and, and he was getting dinged up. It's, it is a tough league to survive in Gary. If you know, if you're a quarterback and you're running around a lot, um, you know, to make it into your mid thirties or something like that is a lot to ask. And Murray's Murray is just a, he's a unique human being, man, that, You know, he's got that, uh, you know, that, that remarkable speed. And yet, you know, he's been blessed with that cannon of an arm and that, and that level of accuracy, it doesn't come around often, Um, you know, but for Arizona, Gary, to get him through an average year, I think they've got to take his runs down and it, and it makes perfect sense. So I will be interested to see, you know, how, how they kind of play it moving forward, because Gary, if he's on the field, they might be as good as we have in the NFC and certainly the NFL.
0: Yeah, no question. Well, you know what? Uh, About a year ago, we were talking about as good as it gets in in being the best in the NFL, and that was the Packer offense. Uh, They were almost unstoppable, Rob, last year. I mean, they were cranking, what, about 30, 31 points a game? and I think
1: think 31-8, Gary, is
0: what they finished at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just an exceptional number of points per game, and this season, they aren't remotely close to being that type of an efficient offense. And, you know, we talked about the receiving core being kind of suspect, and everybody knows about their uh, makeshift offensive line. They, they have been besieged by injuries. What do you think is the problem? I mean, they, they rank, get this, 24th in yards per game. This is not the Packer offense we've been accustomed to.
1: No, and Gary, they're down to 24 points a game right now, you know, which puts them in the middle of the league. I I do believe heading into this Saints Seahawks game tonight, and like I said, they were 31-8 last year, so they're down about eight points a game. I mean that that that's a precipitous drop right now for yeah for Green Bay. I I you know Gary, I think it's twofold. You know, number one, the line's not quite as good, and and and, and we've given them a lot of credit, and they deserve some credit because. You know, some of these young guys and, and new starters have stepped up and, and done a really good job, but you can't lose a Bakhtiari, you can't lose a Lindsley, you can't take a, a Pro Bowl left guard like Elton Jenkins and have him switch positions without suffering a little bit of a drop at each spot. So, you know, even though Jenkins has held up okay at left tackle, there's been a drop obviously from him to Bakhtiari. There, there's a drop from Runyon. Uh, or from Jenkins to Runyon at left guard, there's a drop from Lindsley to Myers and now to Patrick at center. So that has played a role in it, Gary. I, you know, I, I, I think Rogers isn't quite as comfortable behind that group as he was behind the group a year ago where he could take a little more time and let plays develop longer mm-hmm. and hope for some bigger things down the field because he knew he wasn't going to get sacked. He he was sacked fewer than 20 times last year, Gary. Um, and you saw in that Redskins game or, I guess I have to call them the Washington football team. I'll be politically correct. Sorry, Gary. But you you saw in the Washington game on, on Sunday, there were some major breakdowns and Chase Young got free once Allen, the big defensive tackle got free a couple of times, almost unblocked. I mean, they haven't been as good up front, Gary. And then, and then second of all, you know, a guy like Tunyon has had to stay in and help a little more often than Mm -hmm. last year. That takes him out of the past game. MVS has been down and hurt um I, again i just i we talk about it all all the time these weapons in the past game are not special uh, outside of Adams, so it, they have to be creative to manufacture their points and and defensive coordinators have made some adjustments uh, in terms of what lafleur likes to do so you add it all up gary and i know rogers and lafleur said after sunday's game against washington they felt the offense is close gary i just have a feeling this is going to be one of those years where they're going to be a mid twenties type of a team in most games. And they're going to have to win games 24, 14, you know, like they did against the bears 24, 10, like they did yesterday against Washington 27, 17, I think was, was the Pittsburgh score. They're going to, they're going to have to play really good defense and they're going to have to win games, you know, by, four to seven to 10 points where where last year Gary you know I I think their plus minus was pushing 200 I mean they they blew people out a year ago they're not going to do that
0: this year they did so if the offensive uh game planner uh doesn't produce this year do they fire them like they did their defensive uh coordinator last year (laughs) well I, I don't think well, uh, Matt, Matt LaFleur is going anywhere, is he?
1: <laughs> I don't think he or Nathaniel Hackett are going anywhere. You know, the, yeah. the bottom line remains they're six and one Gary, this reminds me a lot of 2019. You know, you, you remember that year, I think they were nine and one in one score games that season. And then they beat Seattle in a one score game in the, in the playoffs. So they wound up, I think they wound up that year, Gary, 10 and one in in one score games, so, you know, they were, they were just they, they just found a way most weeks to, to, to kind of get it done and and you kind of feel like that's what this group has done in terms of getting to six and one. Now I have a hunch in a month. the narrative may change dramatically. you know a- after this stretch coming up here that they have right now of Arizona and Kansas City on the road, uh, home against Seattle at Minnesota and then home again home again against the Rams, I mean Gary they they're, they're going to be hard pressed especially if they don't have Adams for a game they're going to be very hard pressed to go 3 and 2 in that stretch. I, I I mean they would never tell you that and and I'm sure that's not their goal by any means but they're 6 and 1 Gary if if they came out of that stretch that I just read those 5 games at 9 and 3 I think they'd have to feel pretty good about themselves to be honest with you. There's there's a couple of games on there that you know I I think I think they're going to be, you know, They're obviously a six point underdog Thursday going to Arizona. I know the chiefs have struggled, but it's still Patrick Mahomes and he can put 40 up on anybody home games with Seattle and the Rams are tricky at Minnesota. Who's scoring the ball extremely well and playing better defense than a year ago. Um, they're, They're a far more formidable foe Gary than, than they were last season. And they even came into Lambeau and won a game last year. So Again, Gary, if Green Bay finds a way to go three and two in that stretch, I think they're doing extremely well.
0: Ditto. Um, You know, the other thing, too, is uh, going into this Arizona game, we're talking about different scenarios. But if their offense is struggling with Devontae Adams, how's it going to look without Devontae Adams against a very good Arizona defense? I mean, these guys aren't uh, shabby. Um, the, the one thing I would suggest to LaFleur is to try to get Aaron Jones running. What happened last Sunday, Rob? Uh, you know, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but didn't Aaron Jones carry the ball only like eight times.
1: Yeah, Gary, I think he was six for 19.
0: Um, so, yeah, six. I mean, what is that about? You got, you got one of the league's best running backs and, and this has happened before this season. So either he's banged up or, uh. They, they are not uh, running a very smart game plan here, in my mind, anyways.
1: Well, they certainly weren't patient with the run in, in that game, Gary. And again, they only had 50 plays again from scrimmage. 35 were passes, so 70%. Um, this really does with Green Bay and with Lafleur change week to week, Gary. Now that front Washington had four first round draft picks on that defensive line. In a lot of ways, Gary, it's like playing against Tampa Bay right now. I think teams go into the Tampa Bay, into a game with Tampa Bay, and they just they realize, okay, this is as good of a run defense as the league has had in a decade. What's the point? Okay, we'll mm-hmm. run it 6, 8, 10 times just to keep modest. But, you know, teams are going to throw the ball 70, 75, 80% of the time against Tampa Bay because really trying to push that rock up the hill all, all game long. Right, against the right. that, that, you know, that, 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 that's futile. That rock's coming back down the hill. And, and I think Lafleur felt that way yesterday in, in the Washington game. Now, again, I would have hammered away a lot more with Jones and Dylan, although Dylan fumbled it a couple of times. So, so maybe not him, but certainly Jones more uh, Gary, especially coming out off of what they did a week earlier in the bears game. I mean, they've had a lot of success running the ball but they ran it for less than 60 yards on Sunday, Gary, um, you know, less than four yards a carry. They didn't have much success. And against Washington secondary, I know they liked some of those matchups and they just said Rogers and Adams Rogers and Tunyon Rogers and, you know, Alan Lazard, whoever it was, they uh-huh. liked those matchups better than they did Aaron Jones running into chase young.
0: Yeah. You know, no, you're absolutely correct. In fact, Washington, Ranked dead last in pass coverage, pass passing yards in the league, going into the game. So I I, I figured that the Packers would throw the ball early and they would throw it off. And but uh, but again, I, I still think you really have to get Aaron Jones in the mix and uh, get him him involved. So should be a heck of a game Thursday night, though. Um, well, what, Gary, what, to
1: your to your point on Aaron Jones, I mean, this is interesting. You know, for the last decade or so, opponents have said, how do you beat Aaron Rodgers? Try to keep the ball away from him, right? Keep the yeah. ball 35, 37, 38 minutes and and only let Rodgers have eight to 10 possessions a game. Don't give them the ball very often. Run the ball against Green Bay's what's typically been a soft defensive front and keep the ball away from Rodgers. Gary, I, I'm with you when it comes to Thursday. You want to beat Kyler Murray in that offense, keep the ball away from the guy. You know, try to have seven minute drives, be precise, be clean on third down, um, move move the ball on 12, 14, 15 play drives with your two running backs and keep the ball away from Murray. It's almost like the script has totally been flipped, Gary. And and, and to me, if I'm Green Bay going into that game, I say, how do you keep the ball for 35, 38 minutes and keep it away from Murray? And the best way to do that, like you just outlined is the run game. And that's Jones and Dillon.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, a, a couple quick hits also uh, some leftovers from uh, Sunday's game. And uh, we, we started b- talking about Roshan Gary, probably what third, fourth week of the season and how he was so unproductive. And I, I think I brought up that he wasn't even among the top 10 tacklers on the team at that point and was really underachieving. Well, Lo and behold, Rob, he is now fourth on the team in tackles with 25, and uh, it's amply apparent uh, he has picked up his game, and uh, he needed to. Certainly, uh, Sunday, he played really well, didn't he? I think he had, what, how many tackles, seven tackles?
1: Yeah, and and, and two sacks, Gary Wright, and, um, you know, just, just huge plays at – at key moments in, you know, in that game, you know, he hit the quarterback four times. He forced a fumble, uh, you know, be, between him and Campbell, they are, those two guys are are more than making up for the fact the two Smiths had, you know, Zedarius has given them nothing this year. And then the fact Preston was out on Sunday, you, you know, Gary, when you, when it comes to Rashawn, Gary, I really thought he closed 2020, pretty strong. The yes. second half of 2020 mm-hmm. His snaps went up. He passed Preston Smith at one point in time. And I thought he was a player on the rise. Obviously his rookie season in 2019 was a complete flop and and failure. And, and a lot of people were saying, how did green Bay take, you know, use the number 12 pick in a draft on this guy, Um, Gary, he picked it up last year and he's gone to a level this season, which makes you think he can be a number one outside linebacker uh, on a defense. He's certainly gone there in the last few weeks as injuries have kind of cropped up and, and hit this unit uh, even, even harder. The, the biggest thing when it, when it's always come to Rashawn Gary is he has never been able to finish even back to his days at Michigan. Yes. You know, I, I, re- I remember when Gary, when he came out of the draft, I, I talked to a ton of scouts. I, I talked to his coaches at Michigan. I talked to a bunch of guys he played with. I talked to, you know, I talked to offensive linemen around the big 10 who had blocked this guy, Gary, and and they said you know he does everything other than capture the flag right he does everything Mm -hmm. other than claim the prize at the end of the day he's quick off the line of scrimmage he gobbles up double team blocks he's in the backfield quickly um he can disrupt a passing game but he never finished at Michigan he couldn't he couldn't clean up and sack quarterbacks and and that was one of his problems here early in Green Bay Gary you know I I said he was uh you know, I, I joked with someone a couple of weeks ago. He was like the guy at the bar that, that got all these phone numbers from the, from the ladies, but then he went to call them later and, and it was a fake number. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to quit talking about me. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Right. That's the story of my dating life. But uh, that, that, but, but, but that was Rashawn Gary, you know, he, everything but the prize and, and now he's getting the prize, Gary. Um, you know, again, a couple of sacks yesterday, Huge forced fumble, um, you know, that that Lowry turned into a, a fumble recovery, almost looked like an interception, led to a big touchdown to, to start the second half, went from 14-7 to, to 21-7. I mean, Gary, they had nine quarterback hits yesterday. Four of them were Gary's. You know, they had four sacks. Two of them were Gary's. So th- this is a guy on the rise, and, um, and, and Lord knows they needed him. To step it up a couple of notches was Darius and Preston being down.
0: Yeah, you know, Rob, uh, they have moved him around. I mean, they normally keep him on the left edge, and uh, peri- periodically you'll see him go to the right side. If I was the Packers, I would move him all over the place and say, hey, make the offense be aware of where he is and, and get them a little confused and try to uh, alter their blocking schemes because. He is a tough guy to handle one on one, and uh, I just think with a player of that capability, you want to be a little more creative with them than what they have been.
1: I don't dismiss your point or take it lightly, Gary. You the, can't. The <laughs> no, but I, I'll just counter with this: the, the yeah. one thing is, and I, you know, I, I know it, certainly early in his career, and maybe they're more comfortable doing more things with him today. You know, you're talking about a guy who does have dyslexia. Um, his Wunderlich score, I think was nine, Gary, maybe it was 11. I mean, either way it was, it was low. Um, you know, so one of the, one of the real questions and knocks on him coming out of Michigan was, was how will this guy do in terms of the learning element of Mm. the national football league? So, so I, I know they've tried to make things as simple as possible for him early in his career. Now, again, in year three, you can, you you know, you, you, you can probably expand what, what you've given him and what you've done with him up until now. But, but at the same point in time, you might not want to overload and burden the guy because he, he really is right now. He and Kenny Clark, I guess I would say, you're only two elite pass rushers that you have.
0: Exactly. And if he's
1: comfortable coming from a certain spot on the field, Gary, um, you know, I think you just leave well enough alone for right now. Uh, and maybe again, Maybe you, maybe you put more on his plate when you get more guys back and, and you can be a little more risky with him. And, and if it fails, you've got Zadarius there to clean something up or you've got Preston there maybe to clean something up. But right now, if Rashawn says, hey, I'm most comfortable coming from here, I think you just let him come from there.
0: Yeah, uh, I, want, I wanted to get your opinions of uh, the two guys they recently picked up, uh, Jalen Smith and Merciless. What's your early impressions of them?
1: Again, it, it, extremely early, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Jalen Smith was a little better yesterday than he was in game one, Gary. But, but right now, my and again, I, I don't want to make any rash judgments because he's been in town two weeks. He's played two games. You can kind of mm-hmm. understand why Dallas moved on at this point in time. I would think, you know, you'll get a lot more out of Jalen Smith here as the year moves forward. Gary, but right now he hasn't done anything to overly impress me. Uh, Merciless was okay yesterday, Gary. I mean, kind of forced into action right away with with the injury now to Preston. I mean, Garvin got the start, but Merciless got some playing time too. They simplified things, had him in on some third down plays where obviously his only job was to try to rush off the edge and and get home. Um, But he didn't make a, you know, a dramatic impact or anything close to an impact in that game uh, either yesterday, Gary, you know, to me, the number one the best guy they've kind of found on the street in the last two or three weeks is Rasul Douglas. Who's, you know, who's, yeah. who's stepped in at corner because they can't trust the item, uh, the, the guy they traded Josh Jackson for, and, you know, Rasul Douglas, you saw him, uh, make a hell of a tackle with some power yesterday at one point and have to leave the game for a short stretch, Gary. But I mean, the other, I mean, he, he's bringing the wood. He's, his coverage has been really, really good. Um, His tackling has been solid. And, and with, with both um, Alexander and King out, he has stepped into a role where he's that second corner right now um, opposite of Stokes and Sullivan can stay in the nickel role. He, you know, he's given them by far more than either of those linebackers have Gary.
0: Another topic I want to uh, touch on briefly is one that we have uh, talked about seemingly on a consistent basis already this year. And it's not even at the midway point. And that's the the play of the special teams and uh, another uh, not so good day for the special team team players uh, on Sunday.
1: Well, Gary, I, I would sum it up as saying up and down. Um, you know, obviously Crosby gets the field goal blocked, which is another low point. And, and we're used to low points with, with Green Bay special teams, you know, that's, that's four missed field goals now for Mason Crosby, Gary, in the last three games. You know, obviously three in Cincinnati, and then this one. He's 12 of 16. I, I think, Gary, if in two weeks we're sitting here and he's 14 of 20, let's just say, or something like that, 15 hmm. of 20, I think there's real reason to worry. Something's goofy. Something's up. Even he had an extra point yesterday, Gary, that he banked home. Um, and, and, and those should be automatic, even though they're a lot farther than they used to be, you know, at, at 35 yards or 32 yards. I mean, it's still a, you know, it, it's still a gimme for the most part. Or yeah. should be. Um, on the positive, Gary, they, they blocked a the field goal themselves. I mean, T.J. Slayton got home and, and, and blocked a field goal, the, the big rookie defensive tackle. And, and, and Green Bay hasn't had many shining moments like that when it comes to special teams, Gary, and in several years, and I did think they covered a lot better. Washington's pretty explosive in kick returns, Gary. And I thought they covered pretty well for the most part yesterday. I I think Washington's average starting point was the 22 yard line. So they were better there, but, but Gary, I mean, it's, it's going to be an ongoing discussion. They've had problems you know, week in and week out, and they haven't had a clean game. They haven't had anything close to a clean game. You know, we, 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 we talked about this four weeks ago, I think, whatever it was in the, in the Pittsburgh game. Clearly the Steelers saw something in, in field goal attempts and extra point attempts where, where they where they could get home and get home quickly. And teams have taken advantage of that same thing ever since. Now Crosby, Crosby's kick yesterday, Gary, was way too low. Um, that was that was one of the reasons, a huge reason. It, I mean, it was blocked, but there was also some push from the interior. But I mean, Gary, it's it, it's an ongoing problem. They haven't had this problem in the kicking game. Um, you know, I, I guess the other positive would be that punter just keeps lighting it up, doesn't he? He is one hell of a punter. They they haven't had a punter like that in Green Bay since Craig Hendrick. Um he K-K is who? Yeah. Is, is, isn't that the truth? Yeah. You know, well, that, 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 that'll be a name we don't hear in Green Bay for maybe ever again. That's for sure. Um, because this, this guy has been special Gary and uh, you know, Corey, but I'll call him Bojo. Cause I, again, I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no. He's, he's, uh, he's been he's,
0: exceptional.
1: He's something else. I mean that, 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 that kick in the end zone yesterday that was nearly blocked. The only reason it wasn't was, was, was because of Bojo. I don't know, Gary, they've, they've got to get some things cleaned up big time on that unit. I don't have faith that they will. I, I, my guess is we'll still be talking about this all in, in, in week 15 as a, as a potential reason they, you know, that, that they might not make a run at a Super Bowl. Um, but there, there are a couple of positives, but still at the same point in time, Gary, there's enough negatives that really worry people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you were talking about the Packers schedule, uh, you know, earlier earlier in the podcast. And uh, I looked at the Minnesota Vikings, right? And it, it, it's just incredible. Get this, they they play Dallas, okay, first. Yep. Then they get then they got Baltimore, then they got the Chargers, then they got the Packers, and then the 49ers. So as brutal of a schedule as the Packers have, the Vikings uh, is equally brutal. So even, my gut feeling is even if the Packers stub their toes in these games, so are the Vikings. So um, it, it should definitely you know, benefit the Packers uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, Gary, I mean, and, and there's no doubt, the, the whole NFC North is kind of burdened this season by having to play um, yep. the NFC West, which I know San Francisco's in the middle of a losing streak and Seattle's record isn't what it normally is largely, you know, or in part because Russell Wilson is hurt, but you could still make the case. The NFC West is the best division in football. And then on the flip side, Gary, they have to play that AFC North with, with Pittsburgh and, and, and Cleveland and Cincinnati, who is obviously much improved in Baltimore, which is a top five or six team in, in football, despite what they looked like yesterday against the Bengals. That, that's still an elite football team. So, it, Gary, when it comes to Green Bay, though, again, I, I, I don't think they're worried about the division. The division's going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Those other three teams are pretty lousy, you know, or, or mediocre probably when it comes to Minnesota and Chicago. And then Detroit's going to probably be in the running for the first pick again in, in the draft. When you're green Bay though, Gary, you're, you're not, you'll, you'll say all the right things and say your goals and, and everything it is you want to achieve. It starts with the NFC North and that's all well and good, but they're thinking far more than that, far greater. And, and they've got to look, they've got to look at the NFC on a whole right now, Gary, and look and see that Arizona's seven and zero, Tampa six and one, the Rams are six and one you know, green Bay is six and one Dallas is five and one, um, how is this all going to shake out over the next month? And in green Bay, we've talked about this murderers row that they have coming and, you know, can they lose a couple of games and stay in the hunt Gary for that number one or two spot in the Mm. NFC? I doubt it. I mean, I don't, I don't see Tampa losing more than three games all season, Gary, they're, they're six and one with the injuries that they've had, they'll get just as healthy as green Bay will, you know, moving forward. They're, to, they're still the team to beat to me. Arizona hasn't lost yet. Um, I know they've got the Rams twice still, and and that'll be tricky. They've got Green Bay coming up, but I mean, Arizona looks like a 13 or 14 win team for sure. Don't they, Gary? Um, oh,
0: no, no, no question. You know,
1: Dallas has the easiest division you you would say maybe in, you know, in, in all of football um, it's, You know, so when you're Green Bay, Gary, the, I, again, I think the NFC North takes care of itself, but can you keep up with the big boys in the conference? Or are you going to be, you know, when this is all said and done, are you going to be sitting there as a four seed that hosts a five seed? And then in round two, you've got to go and play Tampa and, you know, at Tampa or at Arizona, that's a tough path because, you know, if, if you're sitting there in that four hole, Gary, even the three hole, you're probably looking at playoff road games at Tampa Bay and at a place like Arizona or maybe the Rams, good luck.
0: Yeah. There were some interesting games, though, on Sunday, weren't they? I mean, I expected uh, the Bears to get their butts kicked, but I I never thought it would be that brutal. And then I I look at New England, and they just annihilated the Jets. I mean, somebody must have really miffed Belichick, right? I mean that 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 was really really ugly and uh, then you look at the uh, Tennessee game against Baltimore and, and a lot of people thought Baltimore was going to win that game and Tennessee was in control basically from start to finish so a, a crazy NFL season once again
1: yeah and I think you mean Tennessee Kansas City and, yes, and Tennessee, you're, yeah, right, you're, right. you're exactly right which no week in and week out this 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 league shocks people it surprises people there's you know i thought the shocker on sunday was was cincinnati absolutely routing baltimore Baltimore, which which i don't think was which i don't think anybody you know in the the world saw coming um i don't think anybody saw the chiefs scoring three points in in that tennessee game is is anybody that you know anybody saw that coming you know, you, you, you touched on Belichick, you, you wonder, I mean, he's, he's beat the hell out of the jets now, Gary, for the last 20 years that, you know, that, 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 that was the job that he took and then, and then stepped away from, and then eventually ended up, you know, going somewhere else. You, you know, you, you, you wonder what, what, you know, just how bad that blood is right now. And it always has been for 20 years, right. Between, between Belichick and, and that organization, it's, Um, no, the the league is fascinating, Gary, but I I will say this, you know, we're we're approaching the mid season, uh, point this is week eight coming up, you know, out of a 17 game schedule, obviously. Um, I do think you've seen some real clear separation in the NFC. The AFC is, is, is to me a little more wide open. I I can't get a pulse on, on that one. To me, to me, the NFC is a five team race and, and I don't see anybody else with, with much of a chance right? It's, it's, it's Tampa Bay. It's, it's the Rams, it's Arizona, it's Dallas and it's green Bay in some mm-hmm. order. I, yeah. I still think maybe Buffalo and, and Baltimore are the top two in the AFC, but boy, that that's a, you know, somebody could come out of nowhere. Maybe it's Tennessee and Derrick Henry, for example, somebody could come out of nowhere that we just, you know, that, that I think we overlook and the chiefs find a way to, to even get that defense to, to mediocrity and respect then they're back in the picture maybe a little bit gary but um that that conference i can't quite figure out the nfc looks a little more you know predictable to me i don't see anybody outside those top five and um you know now i think these next 10 weeks it's going to be all about playoff positioning
0: yeah you know what what the most shocking thing for me though on, on sunday was lamar jackson i don't know if you read this or or heard it Got sacked five times. I would have bet every penny in my account that he would never ever get sacked five times. <laughs> Unbelievable. Who you know, whoever plays Baltimore in the future needs to get a hold of that film and see what you know Cincinnati did.
1: Well, and, and Gary, I'll say this, and I know we talked about it on the podcast going into that game. You know, we we both talked about how Cincinnati was one of the more improved teams in football. Right. If if Burrow. Could come back from that knee injury um, and and really play at a high level this year. The level he was playing at before he got hurt, boy, he's he's in the discussion all of a sudden, Gary. You know, being a top ten or twelve quarterback in the league. I mean, yep. he's in the middle of one heck of a year. You know, Chase is on on pace to break every single rookie wide receiver record. I think that that Randy Moss probably holds out there. Um, but no, you're you're right. My and my point with all that, Gary, is. I I think, I think a few weeks ago after green Bay, you know, won that overtime game against the Bengals, we spent a lot of time just talking about the kicking game and Mason Crosby's woes and were the Packers fortunate to get out of there, blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. with a win Uh, Gary, I think maybe when it's all said and done and Cincinnati's a 12 win football team or something like that, we're going to look back and say that, that that was one hell of a win for green Bay to go into that place and, and, and find a way to beat the Bengals who we might say at the end of the year, Gary, are among the eight or 10 best teams in football.
0: So true. Rob, I know it's hard to believe, but our scintillating podcast has come to an <laughs> end. <laughs> Thanks so Gary, much. Gary,
1: Gary, do you have any predictions for Thursday before we, before we say goodbye?
0: You know what? I keep forgetting this every week, you know? It's amazing. I, you know what? I'll have to go with the Cardinals uh probably 27 packers
1: 24 you think it'll be that close minus adams
0: i do i I think the packers will show up yep
1: it's a it's it's a tall task four day week 1800 mile trip no adams no barry i'm i'm gonna say 34 23 cardinals gary 34
0: 23 yep so the cardinals would cover
1: I think the Cardinals will cover. I think it's a two score game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, nothing would surprise me. I mean, it really wouldn't, uh, you know, I mean, let, let, let's face it. These are the games that Rogers kind of uh, gets motivated for. He, he's very engaged. He, he knows all, all the uh, cameras that are on him. So I, I guess my thinking is that he, he's going to have a better game than, people would suspect despite not having the Adams and despite having like a horrible receiving core around them. But yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that happening as well. So, well, Rob, thanks again. Always a treat chatting with you. And, uh, we want to thank our great listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow
1: Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofl and WooflesPressBox.com.